Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough, and we're going to talk some video games. Uh, how are you doing, Bren? Ah, I'm doing alright. Could be better, could be worse. Yeah, anything uh, new in the Breniverse? Or <laughs> I have completely destroyed it. It oh, no Christ. longer exists, and no more Brennan McCullough should ever exist. I'm, I'm ceasing this... DNA line. It's not a bloodline because it's only one person, but I can't have any more. They're too much trouble. They're not worth it. Well, have you ever had like someone with your exact name friend request you on Facebook? Like that's happened to me and somebody else I know. I'm like, what? What is this world? I'll do you one better. Well, first off, I was at Six Flags once with a bunch of friends, and a kid came running up to me. He's like, "Oh, we gotta get a picture together." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "I'm doing a scavenger hunt, and one of the things is you have to find someone that looks just like you, and you look exactly like me. Let's get a picture." I was like, "Oh, okay." And he took the picture and I looked. I was like, fuck, is that what I look like? I was like, shit, this kid's ugly. <laughs> but um, I actually, after I graduated college, I was trying to find work. And I was just, I forget how I got around it. Like, I was just dicking around on the internet. And I looked up Brendan McCullough. And sure enough, there's a guy outside of Philly who is a video editor named Brendan McCullough. And that's what I went to school for. And that's kind of around where I lived. So it's just like, that. Mm. I emailed him. I'm like, hey, I might be you. Have any tips for your past self? And he actually gave me a little bit of feedback. Wow, mind blown. Yeah, it's very weird. That is quite bizarre. And I don't know why, but my mind drifted off also to like people can just like Google their name, the hedgehog, and it's like terrifying results. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> Brendan the hedgehog gives you like an armadillo sort of thing. Oh, God. I forget what Doug the hedgehog gives you, but it's probably no good. Uh, no, anyway, they never let's get- are. Oh, we're derailing immediately. Let's go <laughs> into some video games. Uh, what have you been playing these days? I really haven't been playing much, but I have some an update, so or, so to speak. I actually played a demo of a game you recommended to me because I love birds with arms, and you found oh shit <laughs> a game called Pato Box. It's like yeah. P A T O Box, and it's it's essentially like uh, Mike Tyson's Knockout. But in Doom, like in a Doom style, yes, it's all black and white. Like, so it looks nothing like either of the games. But it plays like Mike Tyson. Like, you play as a boxer, and for some reason, you just have a crudely drawn bird head. Like, really, just like stick figure almost bird head. Yeah, and you just get the shit beaten out of you. You get like the first big match you fight against, it gets rigged against you to so you automatically lose, and it it feels like Sin City almost because it's all black and white as well. Yeah. And, and then you walk around this like office building, like where you're trying to get back at the organization that uh, screwed you over and cheated the match. And that's where it feels like Doom, where it's that like you see the top and bottom of the floor, and you just kind of glide around. Like I forget we were, do we call it like a sandwich game or something, where you can see the top ceiling and floor at all times. And that's an old callback I vaguely remember. So yeah, something I definitely something like that. Yes, sandwich games. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a very weird game where you just kind of like walk around and just like punch stuff every now and then. Like the boxing is the main mechanic. Um, and it's, I know it's a demo and I know it's an indie game, so it's hard to be like super blown away, but it's really not precise enough to be a boxing game. Like with Mike Tyson's knockout, even the old one, like you could do like frame by frame, like pixel by pixel stuff and get like super accurate. And that's how you beat Tyson because he's a monster. But this is like real kind of sloppy and loose, and it's hard to be like pinpoint accuracy in something like this, and that's what you need for a boxing game. Yeah. So I don't. I it it looks neat. I guess it all kind of looks hand drawn, but I don't think it controls well enough to be what it's trying to be. Like trying to be the knockout indie game. Yeah. Um. But it you know it's a demo, so it's fine. It wasn't horrible. Yeah, it seems like a really interesting endeavor, and I, I just, I, I don't know. When you first mentioned like birds with arms, we thought that was the funniest thing ever, and now I'm just grateful to see someone else's <laughs> doing something uh, with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be seeing that pop up on the birds with arms subreddit soon enough. Excellent. Uh, I've also bought uh, Dishonored Two because that went on sale, and I streamed yeah. that for a bit. Uh, I, I enjoy it because I like Dishonored One, but it something feels wrong with it like when i started i looked at all my settings and it auto set uh like graphics and shadowing and textures and all that and it set everything to low like the lowest it can go and like my computer's not the best 
but it's pretty good. Like, it's pretty decent. And I can stream, like, Witcher, I think, on high graphics. Like, stream it, not just play it, stream. Oh, so, shit. Like, I, I'm pretty, like, confident in the power of my computer. And for some reason, like, Dishonored said it's all the low. And then when I played it, it felt weird. Like, it feels like it's playing at 30 FPS, and it kind of feels like it's skipping, like, frames. And I was streaming it, but then I played it off stream as well, and it still felt the same. So I don't know. It just doesn't feel optimized, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Okay. And to the point where it can, like uh, Pato Box, it can hinder the gameplay because you have to be really accurate with some of the stuff. It's stealth-oriented. Um, the guards can see you, but you don't have a cone of their vision, like in some stealth games. And their vision's pretty good. Like, if they see you, I'd say maybe about, like, 100 feet away, like, they'll come after you. So, like, you really have to be careful. If you can see them, they can see you kind of sort of stuff. And it's it's tough to be stealthy when the game's kind of lagging a bit or the graphics aren't fully loaded in. So, you don't know if that's just a wall or a painting or glass and they can see through it. And so, it it handles funny. And I I want to like it more, but if this is how it's going to be the entire game, I'm it's going to be real rough. Well, is there like two character stories, or it's like the same story, but you can play as like either Corvo or like the girl, and I forget the girl's name. Forgive me. I I honestly don't really keep up with that franchise, but I I do want to play them eventually. Yeah, it's Emily who is the daughter of the Empress and Corvo. Okay, and she is now the Empress, a young Empress. And Corvo's like her, like, hand of the Empress sort of thing, like the right-hand man. Gotcha. And the story just starts immediately. You're like, hey, you're you're Emily, and this is Corvo, and this is kind of what's going on. What's that? Your mother, who's dead, the old Empress, has a long-lost sister who's now with your, like, rival Duke, and now she's claiming the throne and just turned Corvo into stone? What's happening? Like, in first, I'd say maybe like six minutes or something, like, it just goes real fast. Damn. Um, and yeah, you can choose between playing Corvo, and apparently most of his stuff is the same from the last game, like skill set wise. And I, I already played that; I knew what that is, so I want to see something new. So I chose to play as Emily, and apparently most of her skill set stuff is similar. Like it's not enough to completely alter the game, but you can do you can utilize different stuff. I think she's more stealth oriented, and Corvo might be more fighting oriented. And because of the gameplay issues, I might have. Uh, rather chosen Corvo not because almost any time I try to be stealthy, it turns into a big epic brawl. Like, I think I knocked out one guard, and then another guard saw me. And then while I was trying to hide, trying to hide those two bodies, three more guards saw me, and then five more guards walked by. And like by the end of it, I killed like fifteen guys in one area because they just kept coming by or they kept hearing the noise. So, uh, Chiz was actually watching the stream, and. I didn't see his messages right away. And he's like, oh, who's playing? Doug or Bren? And he's like, nah, I can tell it's Bren. Because the shaky, rapid movements of the mouse and the attempt at being stealthy and failing completely. I was like, (laughs) oh, man. He's he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. But shit. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm pretty... uh... I fail when I'm trying trying to be stealthy in certain games, so it could have been either of us. But probably the mouse gives it away because I'm usually playing on PS4 these days. Yeah, I think that's what was a big indicator. But it's I'm I'm usually pretty decent at stealth games like Metal Gear Solid, and Assassin's Creed. It's kind of a stealth game. It's it's like a pseudo stealth game. Um, but yeah, Dishonored is just such a stylized, unique like standout in the stealth field. So it's it's kind of hard to be stealthy when you're meant to be kind of overpowered. Like, that was one of the complaints when the game came out, is people were saying, like, oh, the powers are too powerful. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Like, they're powerful. And there's even an option at the very beginning of this, like, stranger gives you the powers, like this weird, like, god sort of character. And even in the very beginning, you can just say no to him and do a no-power run and just beat the whole game without any powers at all. Oh, shit. And then there's, I think, easy mode, which is like the story mode where it's kind of like, I want to just know the story and I don't want to get too weighed down by the combat. And then there's like a uh, hard mode, expert mode, and then like, like God mode where it's like super hard. And I, I already like how much versatility they give in the way you can play it. You can play it as just a story or you can have every encounter being a super challenging moment. Or you can do powers or no powers, like right from the beginning. So they definitely want you to like, 
sort of customize the way you play the game as opposed to like customizing your characters like armor or weapons or all that. So I already like that. Like I like the game and I like the studio and I like the devs. And it, but it's just, it's not handling as well as I want it to be. And that can be an issue. Yeah. So I, I hope it gets better. I hope I figure out what's going on because I want to play this game. And I really look forward to it. Sweet. And uh, I haven't bought it yet, but I definitely will buy it soon. Uh, Bayonetta is now on PC. That's right. I did see an article about that go by. Yeah. Bayonetta is amazing. It is in the genre of like, God of War and Devil May Cry and just these big action-y, like, I wouldn't even say, like, shoot-em-ups or, like, beat-em-ups. And it's so over-the-top and stylized, and it's just super sexual. Like, there's no subtlety <laughs> whatsoever with anything Bayonetta says. Um, it's by Platinum Studios, or Platinum Games, and I found out they were previously clover games i think who did like beautiful joe and a handful of other games but really like less than 10 not many and then turned into platinum games and even platinum games has probably done less than 20 games like they're a pretty young company but considering how young they are most of their games are amazing like they're pretty good and have a great track record so i'm very impressed and platinum games is actually the ones who are doing Scalebound that got canceled oh man so i was I mean, I'm still not interested in that game, despite learning that, but uh, it looked nothing like any of their other games. Like, all of their other games have this style that Bayonetta has, like, or this self-awareness and this over-the-top uh, design, but Scalebound just seemed real douchey. Like, Yeah, no, it was generic. just the main character who was douchey. I was looking forward to seeing, like, the dragon animations and what the, like, gameplay would have amounted to, because, like... I was ready for another like medieval like fantasy adventure, even if but, he wasn't. But it douche. wasn't. It was modern day, and but there were dragons. Like, oh, all Christ. the other characters looked just as douchey. So I was like, "Ugh, this doesn't feel right." Then uh, never mind. Yeah, I guess maybe they just. I'm wondering if they got the initial feedback from like E3 and like showing the trailer and like getting the first release of it all, and then people were kind of dissuaded from that and they're like, "Oh, look at this. Oh, no one's really impressed. Like bad feedback." And then I think they might have had like a core gameplay mechanic that was like, this is going to win everybody over. And I think another game might have done that and it blew up in their face and they're like, wow, everyone hates that and our characters. Well, then this game has nothing for anybody. So, cause like I'm still very surprised that they just dropped a game that was, I'm going to say probably done, almost done. And they just canceled it before it was even released out of nowhere. Yeah. Even if the game was going to be shit, it probably is more popular now because it got canceled and now people are wondering why. Man, it would just be sweet to have access to the canceled games and just be able to play them and just like, even though it might not even be finished, be like, yo, let me hit that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get at that. That's like Wolverine Origins when the uh, uh, movie actually got leaked before it was finished. Like, that's a leak. That's an actual leak. That's not abusing the word like everyone else does these days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the movie wasn't even finished. Like half the CGI wasn't even in it. And I remember my dad got a copy of it and it's terrible. Like all of Wolverine's hands were CGI'd where his hand would open up. Like the cuts would open up and his knuckles where the claws would come out, but the claws weren't edited in yet. So you would just see like Wolverine just hold up his fist and just gaping wounds would appear on his hands and that's it. Like that's his fighting pose. Oh, jeez. And like one moment, uh, Sabretooth has his hand on the window and it says, claws go here and it's pointing to his hand. <laughs> oh, this is awful. But yeah. it was still better than the finished movie. Like I still like that version better because it was, it was just unfinished and it was just so goofy. Whereas the final one just sucked. Yeah. You hear that, Corey? That movie sucked. <laughs> um, well, yeah. <laughs> still mad about that. Um, but yeah, so Bayonet is on uh, Steam right now. Apparently, the port of it is really good, which very much surprised me. It's a solid port. Um, you can play with keyboard and mouse, but I don't know anyone who would choose to. It's definitely meant for consoles and controllers. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's only 20 bucks, so I'm definitely going to get it like someday. I don't... Maybe wait till sale, because I just bought Dishonored. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to get that and get into that. Uh, I, hear, I hear Bayonetta 2 is actually kind of better. But I think most people like Bayonetta 1 just because it was the first one like that. And it's just, it leaves such an imprint on you when you first play. And it's just so ridiculous. And apparently she's still super overpowered in Smash Brothers. 
which she's very satisfying to play in Smash Brothers. Like, the controls are great, and her Smash moves are hilarious and powerful. But, like, it's not a fair fight. If you if someone mains Bayonetta, just don't even fight him, because they're, they're just a scrub who uses an OP character. <laughs> Interesting. Very, very fun to play, so I look forward to playing that. Yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, 20 bucks, not bad. That's an amazing deal. Um, yeah, so, and then, I guess, I I have a little bit of information on, uh, my experience with Mirror's Edge, so I have some more complaints, and also, like, my progress on getting towards the Platinum. I only need two more trophies to get it, and they're, like, just fucking collect-a-thon kind of bullshit, like, go yep. get, uh, get all the documents and recordings in Glass, like, the whole city's named Glass, and get... All, <laughs> of course it is! And, yeah, and then get all the secret bags in Glass, and, like, those are, like, really, like, more challenging kind of, like, collectibles. Um, so, and, oh my god, there's just so many of them. I feel like there's, like, ten different districts, and each district, it's, like, a, like, three or to five, like, different objects, like, per, like, so there's, well, there's, like, I don't know, there's just so many fucking collectibles, it's unbelievable, and it's gonna be a giant chore, but yeah. I thought, like, the harder ones to, like, unlock trophy-wise would be, like, these, like, yeah, do this unbelievable chain of events kind of deal and i luckily was able to find some videos to help me out i'm not gonna lie it's not like i just pulled that shit dude that there is some there's like someone like (laughs) you can't even you can't even like fathom it was so like specific and it's like no one in their right mind would do that shit i don't know someone figured it out but it's like really tough yeah but like those are the things I actually think are worthy of achievements of like a super hard combo or like in a crazy stunt versus the achievements for just collectible stuff. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that's what I mean. Don't get me wrong. Even though I looked up a video on how to do it, it took me like fucking 100 attempts until I got it right because it's like very, very challenging to like pull off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then as far as like complaints go, well, story, like, it's funny. I remember telling the listener, I'm like the story, I was just like blasting through the dialogue, not giving two shits. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh wait, I'm actually starting to pay attention. And like, this is like, let me see what I think of this. And I don't know. And it was weird how like they'd portray certain scenes where like, you're like looking back, like what happened to my sister and all this stuff. And my parents were killed in front of my eyes. And like, I don't know. And then the guy you work for gets like kidnapped or like, and it seems like he's dead, but like, it's like, it's so weird. Cause they're just like, yeah, he's dead. And I'm like, so there's no proof of it. You don't see it happen. And you're just like told he's dead. And then like later it's like, Oh, it turns out he's not dead. So it's like, duh. Like, that, I don't know. Uh, that's every story. Like, I guess, cause I read comics so young, I'm so used to it. But any story where someone's like, oh, no, someone died, like, off camera or off panel or, like, you don't see it. Unless you have the severed head and the body right in yeah, front of you, ex- that exactly. person's not dead. I and- knew it in the back of my mind. I'm like, there's no way. They're just going to be, like, later in the story, be like, oh, by the way, we found him. and I'll be, or, or you're going to find him, like, stumble yeah. across him, and it's, like, supposed to be mind-blowing. It's like, no, I kind of didn't think you were dead. <laughs> I was or- just supposed to take that dude's word for it. Yeah, or 30% of the time, if you have the severed head and the body right in front of you, they're still not dead. That's a clone or a parallel dimension or something. Like, comic books get you super jaded to story, like, plot twists so quickly because it happens so often and they're so ridiculous. But that's what I mean. Speaking of trying to be mind blowing, like, they, they yeah. tried to pull some shit at the end with your sister, and it's just like, I don't fucking know. Like, it wasn't that impressive, and especially the way it ended, it just left a bad taste in my mouth again. I was like, this is stupid. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, the the encounter at the end, really, like, the way things end, I thought to myself, that doesn't make sense. You, I don't know. It's just very interesting, and I don't know. We, <laughs> we definitely have to go into spoiler mode. I think Mark and I have talked about, like, having a spoiler episode of some handful of things, and we'll just, like, be like, anybody interested hear us rant about that this will definitely have to be a topic but then my complaints being the combat system so you got these like police officer style guys like coming at you with their like guns that don't shoot bullets they shoot like i don't know electricity bolts that like damage you and like are supposed to like shock you and knock you out or whatever um yeah it's absolute bullshit because like i don't know the game is just like designed for those bullets to hit you no matter which direction their gun is facing so like their gun will be completely at a 90 degree angle like pointing like some other way and the bullet will perpendicularly come out of the gun directly (laughs) at your character and it's like insane when stuff like that happens because i'm like what the fuck is that like it'll be like in the moment where i'm like oh i'm just about to get by these guys and then like a bullshit moment like that happens i'm like fuck this glitchy goddamn game and then (laughs) 
I don't know. There is lots of glitches. Like you can like try to like kick a dude over the edge of a building and he'll just like get stuck in some pole and just be like spazzing out and stuff. So like it it definitely could have used a little more polish, but uh like I don't know. I and also just the combat system doesn't seem as robust as even say the first Mirror's Edge game. Like I feel like they did a better job with like the karate and shit. But mm-hmm. regardless, I don't know. And yeah, I, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm like, ending was just predictable garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe yep. I was writing it a little more harsh, but uh, I don't know. Interesting game. I'm two trophies away. I just gotta <laughs> gather all this stupid shit, and then ending is predictable garbage. Anyway, it was an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm, yeah, I'm flip floppy. I mean, now we understand why when it was released, it got a resounding meh from like <laughs> the gamer community. You're absolutely right, and that's why I'm very glad it was only twenty bucks. So you know what? Yep. It was the right time to buy. Yep, there you go. Um, and then there's the game I really am like next on my radar, and it's like kind of a controversial game, uh, topical game. I want to get Ukulele. Is that on PS4? I'm fairly sh- yeah, it's on everything. Yeah, so like it's, yeah, it's everywhere, and <laughs> it's forty bucks. So it's not like a solid sixty, but like people are giving that a solid meh too. But like I am a big fan of Banjo Kazooie and those like style games, and there has been a long period gap of like when something like this has come out so i'm like i'm expecting it to be kind of childish and yeah very collectathony. but like i don't know people are really tearing at a new one and like i know just for instance like polygon gave it like a 5.5 out of 10 and i'm like ouch i really hope that's not the case but i'm gonna have to play it for myself to find out but i don't know we'll see yeah i was kind of caught off guard when you said controversial game and i was expecting like <laughs> Hitler's gassing adventure, no. like some way over. Th- yeah, but uh, no, you, you're right. I like I don't know. Contra- uh, I feel like controversial isn't a good word for it, but maybe polarizing might be better because I feel like people aren't saying like this game's terrible for this reason. It's just reviews aren't good for it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'd be controversial, but yeah, people are really like I've seen a lot of people say it's an amazing game. They love it. It's like it's not perfect, but it just does what it's meant to do and does what the rare devs were setting out to do like it does it well and then other people say like i think jim uh sterling who's a big game reviewer gave it a two out of ten maybe like, holy shit yeah a lot of people yeah polygon gave it a 5.5 like a lot of reviewers are saying it's like eh. i think metacritic's got like 74 percent or 73 so like it's really interesting how polarizing this is and how opposed some people are to it and how much others love it uh the completionist who's a youtuber and streamer who's known for doing 100 percent of every game like he unlocks everything uh he says it's one of his favorite games of the year he loves it yeah right that's what i mean i feel like for other people that play that are are completionists themselves it's funny that's just like what he goes by and that's what he does but like well he's like the complete like he's done every game every game he plays he does to 100 that's right yeah he did Breath of the Wild. Like, that alone is absurd. So. Oh, my God. Dude's a madman. Well, actually, Corey and Amanda 100%ed Breath of the Wild. Congrats to them. Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. This game, I'm very interested. I think I'm going to enjoy it despite all the drama and bad reviews. But we'll see. I'll give our listeners a review once I get my hands on it. But the biggest thing I see about it is, like, yes, there seems to be a lot of camera issues. Like, even people that love it say the camera's really finicky at times. Not always, but at times. And, I, like, I was thinking this is a true uh, successor to the rare games of Donkey Kong Country and Banjo-Kazooie and uh, Banjo-Tooie. And I think there's another one I'm forgetting. But it's a true successor to that, Cockroach Bad Fur Day, because those cameras always sucked. Like, that has always been a huge problem with those games, is bad cameras. So I feel like it's a true successor in both the good and bad ways. Meaning, they haven't quite learned how to perfect. Because also, you're running around the whole place, you're getting into nooks and crannies and stuff, so the camera has trouble following you. So I understand why it's a problem, but, yeah. Um, but no one, no one really seems to be like, there doesn't seem to be like a unanimous complaint about it besides the camera, obviously. But it seems like people just don't enjoy this genre. Yeah. And, Back when it, that genre was super common, was back on the N64 when there weren't the, games weren't super popular, or not nearly as much as they are now, and there weren't that many reviewers. And now people are playing this, and being like, "Man, this whole game is just busy work. It just has me collecting a hundred pages before I the pages are the collectible stuff. Yeah, I have to collect a hundred pages before I even fight the boss. Like this is just uh, making the game artificially longer than it needs to be. It's like, 
You fucking idiot. That's the (laughs) entire game. What are you talking about? That is the whole point of the game. If you're not collecting stuff, there is no game. That's all these games ever are and ever were. Like, that's like the guy at Polygon who was sent to review Doom and never played a first-person shooter in his life. And he hated the game and he gave it a terrible review because he couldn't get past the first room because he didn't know how to play. And he couldn't learn how to play because he's an idiot. Bren, like, I'm, I'm so glad you're on my side because you basically summed up exactly what I was going to say about the whole thing. Because, yeah, I, I'm with you. Keep going. Yeah, like people are saying, like, this is artif- making it artificially longer. And Mirror's Edge Catalyst, if you had to collect all of those things before you could beat the game, if that was forced upon you and you had to, that would be making it artificially longer. Because the point of that game is like free running and parkour and racing and all that stuff and time trials. Yeah. That'd be like if people were complaining about time trials in Mirror's Edge. That's the point of Mirror's Edge. Is time <laughs> exactly. Trials. That'd be like complaining about trying to like perf- like getting a perfect skill or like combo going in a fighting game. That's the point of a fighting game is to perfect that skill and train over and over and over again. Ukulele, Banjo Kazooie, Conquer Pet Friday, Donkey Kong Country, they're all collectathons. That's the point of them. They're just a few different worlds with connected to a hub world. And inside all of those worlds, you have to collect like 30 to 50 to even 100 things in each world to unlock other stuff. And yeah, you can finish the game with the bare minimum, but to get like the good ending, the secret ending or whatever, like you have to get all 100% of it. So that's what they've always been. And if that's your main complaint with the game, that's not the genre for you. Yeah, don't that, play that game. That's what reminds me of like Croc and Crash Bandicoot and Spider yeah. Dragon, like exactly. all of those games. Like it was just like, yeah, you gotta get like at least fifteen of these to do the next thing, and it's like, oh shit, <laughs> or like I don't know, Mario, like an or like I don't know, getting I stars think, and shit. I think this game is both succeeding because of nostalgia, because people want those games they played in their childhood, and also getting torn apart because of nostalgia, because people are <laughs> reflecting like. Uh, fondly over these memories of like, oh yeah, I love Crash Bandicoot. But have you played it recently? If you haven't played it recently, then you don't really remember how tedious and grinding and some boring as shit some of those games are. But that's what those games, like, I still enjoy them, but I'm aware that I'm gonna have to play a level like five times to get everything in that level to get to the next area. Or like, I'm gonna have to grind in this underwater level that I can't stand underwater levels. But I'm going to have to play it a few times to get the bare minimum to keep going. So, like, if you haven't played a collectathon recently, try it before ukulele. Like, get a, you know, I'm not advocating for ROMs and emulators legally, but we all know where they are. <laughs> and I'm sure there's other, I can't think of any, but I'm sure there's other ones on Steam that are very reminiscent of this. Like, it's... You remember the childhood and you remember the good parts of those games, like the epic boss fight or running away from the boulder and uh, Crash Bandicoot. But you don't remember like the seven hours you put into the first world stage of getting all those fucking mangoes or all the uh, music notes or all the uh, jingos or whatever they're called in Banjo-Kazooie. Like, it's a lot of grind and your brain forgets most of that because you kind of check out when you do it. So, like, it's... It's a good game. I Everything I see of it is exactly what I expected from it and from those developers. And for a Kickstarter, I think it did perfect. I think they delivered on all fronts. And is the game perfect technically? Like, are there glitches and stuff? Sure. But that's in every game. I mean, I was just complaining about uh, Dishonored 2. It's a AAA title and it barely runs on my computer. My computer, it's a good computer. Yeah. Whereas Ukulele, you just find a glitch here and there and you might have to restart that level or something. Like, so... I, I don't think it deserves all the shit it's getting. That, yeah, I'm with you, and that's why I bring it up. That's I, yeah. that's why I say it's controversial, because, like, seriously, I don't know. It seems like it's got a target on its back, and I don't understand why. I think it's people not realizing that every game isn't meant for them. Like, there's a reason I don't play sports games or super competitive games. Like, I play Rivals of Athera. That's about the closest to a fighting game I get, and even that, some people wouldn't consider an actual fighting game because it's a platform fighting game like Smash Brothers. And not a 2D one-on-one, like Street Fighter or Guilty Gear or something. But, like, I don't play those because I don't get super competitive and I don't want to spend hours training on one character and go into tournaments and stuff. Because I don't, I don't care that much. But it's fun playing with a friend of mine. But I, I wouldn't write a review for the next Guilty Gear game and say I'm not biased against fighting games. Like, I'm aware that I don't like that genre. Yeah, well, it's funny you even bring that up because... 
on the most recent episode of uh, Polygon's Quality Control, uh, they interview the lady who wrote the review for the the ukulele review, which is a 5.5 out of 10. Apparently, yeah. the person who writes the review doesn't give the score. It's like, I guess the editors read the review and then give a score based on that. But regardless, yeah. she even like admits on the on on the podcast that she's like, I wasn't able to beat the game in the amount of time that I w- would have liked, essentially. like she I, That's not like word for word or anything by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's silly that, like, yeah, like, you're giving the game a review as a reviewer. Like, you're not kind of taking the perspective of someone who's been, like, waiting for this type of game for, like, yeah, like, the better part of 20 years and, like, really just, like, enjoys this style of game. It seems like she was just, like, had the mindset of, like, I want to burn through this. And then, yeah, she was bummed out by, like, oh, I have to get, like, 60 more collectible things before I can do the final boss. It's, like, to her, it was a grind in, like, an unfortunate way, and, like, yeah, made her want to, like, throw her controller out the window. But, like, I don't know. That's what I... I don't know. I feel like we're spoiled as gamers, too, because, yeah, that is the game. That is the game. And if you don't like it, then, I don't know. It's not for you, like you said. So, it's just frustrating that I wouldn't, and that was her first review for the, for the site. I guess she'd moved over from Mashable or some kind of deal. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's unfair that that's the game that sh- she was, had, at, was assigned as her first review because it suffers more than she realizes. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The editors at Polygon, and I know for Polygon for a fact, it's probably most sites. The person writes the in depth review and then the editor just reviews it all like reads it all and then makes the number up after they've read it. Yes. So it even might not be accurate to the person who reviewed. They're like, Oh no, I would have given it an eight out of 10, but the way they wrote it makes it seem like it's a five. Um, but yeah, that's also a problem with the gaming culture that we live in and the journalism culture and mashing those two up is anyone who reviews games has to continuously review games. That is their job. So that's an, an that's a true complaint they have where I didn't have enough time to finish the game. But they also didn't have enough time to finish Breath of the Wild because that game's super long, or Witcher, or something like, or Skyrim, or Horizon, or, like that. or Horizon. You don't have enough time to beat it because you only get it maybe a week in advance. And a lot of game companies now, I want to say Ubisoft, maybe, um, but it's becoming more common, unfortunately, that they're holding off releasing. I think Bethesda might be actually holding off releasing review copies until the day it's out. So then the reviewers don't actually get it until everyone else does, so that their review is later. So that way, some people who base their purchases off of reviews can't really decide if they want to buy that game or not within the first week. And unfortunately, a lot of companies don't really give a shit about game sales after the first month, maybe the first two weeks of the game's release. Like After a month of the game's release, the company usually doesn't give a shit about it anymore because it's that initial hype, uh, the initial initial purchase that pre-orders. That's why they emphasize pre-orders so much. And with the reviewers... They have to go through and review it as quickly as they can, and they don't give it enough time. So something like, I don't know, Undertale, where it requires multiple playthroughs, and the community found out a lot of secrets, so one person wouldn't have found them out on their own. And you can get really into it and find this amazing game underneath. But if you only have enough time to play through it once, you're missing like most of the game. So there's a lot of games that are very smart and well-designed, but because of this fast-paced review culture that we have, that's forcing them to just turn out review after review to get the paycheck and to get the attention to the site. They don't have enough time to really delve deep. It's all very, uh, surface level and very, like, a shallow review. Even if it, even if the reviewer is genuine and good at reviewing, they can only do so much before they have to go to the next game. And that's where this bias is where reviewers play, I don't know, maybe 10 games a month. I play maybe, like four, and even that's a lot for the average person. Like some people only play one a month. Yeah, I mean, Mark's been playing Life. Is, I, Mark sent me a Snapchat today of playing Life is Strange again. He's probably played that game for the last six months in a row. <laughs> so like, most consumers aren't playing ten games a month like the reviewer. And you're an idiot if you don't think that shows in the review. There's some sort of inherent bias of having to play so many games. And they see, like you were saying. um, I don't know if it was on air or not, or off air, but how you're kind of seeing the threads to a Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and you're kind of seeing where it's going, and you're getting kind of jaded and like uh, cynical towards these stories, and that's that's a big complaint people have with me, is because I know a lot of (laughs) stories, so I'm able to figure stuff out way ahead of time, and I don't like it. It ruins it for me. The new Star Wars trailer just came out for the next movie. I don't want to... 
like the last Star Wars, I don't want to see anything about it because I know I'm going to see it and I'm going to subconsciously jump to conclusions and start picking apart plot and figure out what's going to happen. And either I'm right or I'm wrong. doesn't matter because I'm going to go into it thinking I'm right. And it's going to ruin the movie for me. So I try to avoid trailers for anything I'm interested in now. So that way I don't inherently tear it apart. Yeah. So, and that's the same with the reviewers. Like they see a lot of the same tropes in some games that most of the consumers don't. So when they give it a shitty review, like Jim Sterling plays so many fucking games and he might've played ukulele and hated it because it's the same shit he hates in all the other games. And now it's, that's the whole game is a collectathon that he hates in like Assassin's Creed and Mirror's Edge. And if you make a whole game about that, of course most people are going to hate it because it just feels like they're wasting time. But if you like collectathons and you don't play that many or if you're sick of playing Skyrim and wandering around in the open field not knowing what the fuck you're doing, maybe collectathons easy and fun because it's just pretty linear. Get from point A to point B and collect all the trophies in between. Yeah, and it seems like kind of a cute little like kids style game. Like, I don't know. I'm ready to just like give that a good 10 hours and hopefully be able to collect everything. And if it requires more to see if I enjoy it that much, like I'm sure I'm going to. Like, that's what I mean. I love those style games i'm really hyped for it even though everyone's telling me it's not gonna be good i don't know it's kind of like i remember with no man's sky all the reviews were bad and i was still thinking like should i just get it anyway and see if i'm gonna like it i'm i'm so far i've taken everyone's word and been like i'm not gonna get that but someday if that goes to like 20 bucks maybe it already is probably is (laughs) They'll probably give you 20 bucks to play. They're that's what I mean. I, I, I'll I give it a chance, but that's what I mean. Reviews do really matter when it comes like down to a consumer's perspective. Yeah, and um, back to ukulele. We loved these kind of games as kids, and now there's a whole new generation of kids who never got to play the 3 uh, and 64 or PlayStation. So, like, yeah, this is a great game for kids. Yeah. It's super colorful. Like, I like seeing that, and it's not just, like, all these first-person shooter games that just have this weird sepia brown filter over everything. It just looks bland. Like, it's super colorful and fun. But, um, yeah, with reviewers and the scores, I know a lot of people who bitch and complain and say the scores are terrible and dumb and pointless, and they're not wrong. The score is just an arbitrary number that the reviewer attaches. And it's good for just browsing real quick, saying, like, oh, what do they think about it? Five out of ten? Cool, moving on. Like, but if you put a lot of a lot of trust into that number saying like because everything's so sensationalized now people are thinking if it's not a 10 out of 10 it's shit like i used to work at target if you weren't getting a 10 out of 10 and like your weekly customer reviews you got to talking to and you're getting addressed and saying like what's the problem what's not going right it's like anything above a 5 out of 10 should be fine like even in our school system in America, if you get a 50%, or no, it's a 65% or below, that's an F. And some other countries, I think England and like France, I think France is like 30% and below is failing. I think England is like 50. So there's this weird standard that has caused everyone to think that if you're not the best, you're, the, you're shit. Like if it's not eight out of 10 or above, it's absolute garbage and I won't waste my money on it. Yeah. That's not true at all. There's so many good games. Like, and even Netflix now. They used to have a star system, like one out of five stars. And that was just to queue up to uh, make the search easier for it to find stuff that you enjoy, like similar genres. Now it's just a thumbs up or thumbs down. We're going back to the ancient Roman times, which is killing people off on a yes or no decision. And it's just terrible. Like, rev- you should only look at review scores as a quick summary of, like, um, I'm running to catch the bus or I'm running to catch the train or I got to do something real quick, but I really want to find out what this reviewer that I trust and I share similar opinions to thinks about the latest uh, Ubisoft game. What is that? He gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Cool. I'll give that a more in-depth look when I have the time, but for right now I get a basic idea of what he meant or she. Yeah. So it's, you shouldn't put a lot of trust into those numbers. Read the actual review if you have the time. If not, the number helps, but realize that you're not getting the full story. Yeah, I mean, I'm just Googling right now, and uh, I checked out Final Fantasy see The Spirits Within on IMDb. <laughs> Got a 6.4 out of 10. Man, that deserves I'm, a I'm solid kind of 8. I'm surprised by that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves a solid 8, if you ask me. So that's what I mean. Just reviews can be deceiving. I'm just teasing. I don't know. That movie's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, the problem with that movie is it had the name Final <laughs> Fantasy in it and was nothing like the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, like, that's so ridiculous. That was just bad name. Like, if they named it something else, it probably would have done better. You know what? They should have just called it The Spirits Within because you're absolutely that, yeah, right. I remember when I first went into it, I'm like, what the hell has this got to do with Final Fantasy? Oh, yeah, nothing. Because I think around that time it was Final Fantasy like 10 or so. So it was still in like the golden age of Final Fantasy before it all became kind of samey. Like, I think the double digit ones kind of all look similar to me. I haven't played them, but they all. <laughs> Sort of. Yeah. I know. I kind of know what you're talking about, but no. I, yeah. If anything, the thing that like tied it together in the universe, so to speak, was like I guess in some of the Final Fantasy games, like the planet you're on is called Gaia, and in this world yeah. they were like on Gaia, and like there's some crazy shit going on. I don't some know. I dig it. Yeah, it was very loosely related to the universe, and if they just change change the name to something else, and they were like it's secretly a Final Fantasy movie, ooh, wink, then the fans would have liked that. And the general audience wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. But when you call it like Final Fantasy, like you better have a black and red mage in there and some crazy summoning shit. Yeah. That's what Final Fantasy is. But instead you get ghost aliens. So if you're you into get that. Ghost in space. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. Fucking whatever. Uh- um, <laughs> but yeah, even movies, like the review system, yeah, is broken for movies. Most comedies get terrible reviews because comedy is so subjective. You can't objectively please everybody with a comedy. Like, it's not going to happen. Or if it does, it's pretty rare. Like, Mystery Team from Donald Glover and T.C. Pearson and Derek Comedy. Like, those guys. Yeah. Mystery Team is one of my favorite movies. It is hilarious. I have actually almost pissed myself watching it. It is <laughs> amazing. And it got, like, maybe 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it gets terrible yeah. reviews. But I think it's one of the funniest movies out there. So, like, just be aware, like... With all, you know, reviews are just journalism and news, like everything else. So, A, be skeptical of them, and B, really look into them and try to see what they're, me- like, trying to say instead of just taking the score and taking that as their word, like, as Bible. Like, it's just a number to clickbait you into looking at the site. It's not an actual, like, integral number. So, just be aware of that. Yep. Um, on a depressing note, a guy freaking passed away doing like, I don't know, some kind of Broadway show for freak, not really Broadway, but like some kind of like theatrical version of Attack on Titan. And like, they're doing like, basically like air stunts where like, yeah, they were going to be flying around and shit. And and, and then the whole show got canceled after this guy uh, fell like 30 feet. And it's like, damn, like, I mean, it sounds like. It'd be an interesting show, but anytime when you got people swinging around on ropes and like their life is in danger, I don't think it's worth it for the show. I don't know. No, no, it's not. And it's just the merchandise, you know, uh, production line that is Attack on Titan now because it's no longer a show or series, in my opinion. In my, in my opinion, the story has died a long time ago, and this guy just finally caught up. To oh it. man! I, I mean, it's way too soon for this joke, but like, the fr- it was going to be called Live Impact. I'm like, how ironic! Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's amazing. That is fucking ridiculous. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, it's like the Spider-Man play they've tried for so long. Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark, where like, I don't think anyone died from it, but I think most of the cast is crippled or maimed from it. Like, Jesus just Christ. don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if it was that or yeah. Somebody, I read somewhere that there's something similar where they like, yeah, they broke, broke, bo- broke both their ankles and like wrists and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, people like, it's just a, like a play. Like we don't need yeah. to do like stunts and shit. Just like get out there and sing and dance. If you want crazy stunts, go to like circus, circus Olay or something. Like you don't go to the theater, like for a play, like, that's not what you're going to see. So, yeah, that's the only bummer news on the list. Oh, I mean... Oh, uh, maybe I, not. I can, <laughs> At least that was on my bummer list. That was on your bummer list. Um, Speaking of Attack on Titan, Season 2 is out, and I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know anyone who's watching it, because apparently they're still not doing shit all with the plot. Yeah, I so, I'd have to catch up on Season 1 to even remember. I'm even playing the game, and I barely know what's going on. So, like, I do want to get back into it, and I'm glad that Season two's out. But, oh, I do have another bummer. It's but, five years. I'm. It's done for me. Yeah, it's. I've completely given up on it. I don't care anymore. Um, Some news is, is probably happened a while ago, I forget. But there was a patch release for Mass Effect Andromeda to fix some of the facial features because they were so buggy and creepy. Um. This patch out came out like oh, a week after the game did, so that means they were definitely working on it before the game was released. That means they knew it looked weird and off. So 
they either sent this out before they could fix it and they didn't they chose not to delay it or something yeah they no, clearly could have fixed this and people were bitching some guy in photoshop spent like three hours and made the main character uh the female writer look a hundred times better and less goofy and people were saying like oh if you could do this in three hours like for free what's the whole team of people to all right he did it if you guys saw that and you were comparing it he did that on a single still image these people have to do an entire game and a 3d model that's actively like walking around and moving in on its own right in that world so it's a lot harder and a lot more complicated but with this patch and the quickness of that it was released it, they knew it looked bad and they were preparing ahead of time and it's like i was saying don't pre-order wait for the game to come out wait for the patches to come out because every game now has patches because everything has to be rushed out immediately because they have to get it while it's hot. So it's apparently Mass Effect is getting more patches. It's fixing more stuff. So if you were excited, hold off a little longer until it's like fixed and running like I'm doing. Because I, I enjoyed enough that I don't want it to be ruined like Dragon Age was with Dragon Age 2. That game sucks balls. Yeah. Speaking of rush things, I wonder when the Switch is going to get like Netflix or anything. Because like, man, what the hell? It's definitely happening they just didn't want to do it on release because i think it would have been too much at once like because the the switch still has a bunch of problems and issues coming out there's a guy who posted a picture saying that the charger the uh, port for the switch like the charge the um tablet was actually bent the tablet like it's actually got a curve to it now yeah and that's not like a third party thing that was the official like port and charging stock for it so if that's true that's real bad yeah that's real bad Done fucked up. Uh, and I also yeah. saw an article float by my feed somewhere. It was like Nintendo's offering 20,000, 20 grand to anyone who can figure out how to hack the Switch. Like jailbreak. <laughs> do, do not, I don't recommend that Nintendo because people are going to do that anyway. You're just going to lose money for something you could have gotten for free. Well, honestly, yeah, there's probably going to be five people who are like, we did it. And they're like, we don't know who to give the money to. So sucks to be you guys. <laughs> Or you go to the Sony route where when the guy jailbroke a PS4, you just sue the shit <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was, or I think that was PS3. That was PS3, early yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, I just remember when it happened, they were like, we're going to sue him. It's like, all right, how'd that work out for you? Did you lose that case, Sony? Yeah, I think you did. All right, another bummer. Here's uh, one I almost forgot about. So remember the Nintendo Classic that everyone was trying to get a hold of for like the longest <laughs> time? And is this like, really a bummer? I don't, I don't know if it's It is bummer. because I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, I didn't get my hands on one. I'll just, they're going to, like, obviously there's a huge demand for this shit. It's fine. It's not fine because they already canceled it. It's like done, Z's. It's like, done. like, oh my God. Well, this way they can release the, su- the Super Nintendo Mini and charge four times as much. And now the demand's even higher because that's what Nintendo does all the time. Oh, but dude, I saw some cool ass competitor. Like, someone posted a video in our group chat or whatever of, um, this thing called the Retro Freak, I think. It might be something else, what? but Retro something. And it is like 12 consoles in one. All obviously 12, Jesus. like old, old ass consoles. Yeah. But and it also has like a like pretty like generalized like controller, but you could also use like a modern controller. I think they even were able to plug in like a PS4 controller into this like retro gaming system. And you can like transfer your files and save files and stuff. It looks, and you could even just plug a fucking SD card directly into the thing. If you have ROMs, it looks so sick. Like I, I I'll have to get more information and see if maybe we can put a link in the show notes, but like, that's kind of like, really caught my eye because like if you have physical media like oh this old game boy advance game but like i don't know where my fucking game boy's been for like years but i have the game you if you have this system you can hop right back into that kind of shit and it's crazy so i don't know that's really caught my eye and that's kind of makes the nintendo classic useless to me i was never gonna get one myself anyway but i know a lot of like parents might have wanted to get it to like share that early on experience with their kid without having to like actually and that's like the main people that are like what are you complaining about just go get a real like and nintendo like you can go find one at a local game shop i mean the fact that GameStop is like selling them now like they're selling old consoles and shit and like you could probably find one but it's probably i don't know i bet they're even still like going for absurd prices it wouldn't make sense just because it's like oh well this is like retro well it's GameStop, of course it is yeah but but yeah, that would be my argument for it. Is if you're disappointed that Nintendo stopped selling the classic and already canceled it, get an actual uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Get an actual NES. You're better off, you, yeah. You're 
probably going to find a bunch of them on eBay and Amazon and like people selling them online. They're probably a lot cheaper. And with the Nintendo Classic, you can only get 30 games that were already pre-installed into that system. And that's it. Like, I think maybe 30, maybe even less. If you get an actual NES, you can get all the games you can that are dirt cheap. Like, probably for dollars, pennies maybe. You can get as much as you want. They almost all work pretty well. Like, they hold up. Like, hardware-wise, they still function pretty well. And yeah, like, you can get so many more games and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand why there's so much attention for the mini classic when you can get an actual one. Like, cause it's not even like the small convenience of the size. Cause it's not like you're carrying it around in your pocket with you. Like, I don't know. Just get a regular console, like an old one. It's cheaper. You'll have more options with games. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I understand both sides sort of in a weird way. I think it's just N- Nintendo riding the nostalgia and just selling crap people already have to themselves again. But, but I mean, that's what Nintendo's always done. I mean, I, I bought like three 3DSs now because I keep buying them for one game and then selling them. That's hilarious. So, uh, Do you want to uh, hear some spacey news? Like, we haven't done anything spacey in a long time. Uh, we what's Kevin like- Spacey up to? Uh, God damn it. No, uh, NASA, and I'm not sure if this is like legit or not, so it could be legit. I hope so. Uh, it says NASA announces alien life could be thriving on Saturn's moon Enceladus, or I could be saying that wrong, Enceladus, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's fucking well, wild, because it's like a frozen wasteland, and they think beneath it, like it like it's could be warm enough and thriving underground seas and shit. Like, imagine if there's like some kind of Loch Ness monster bullshit like that's-, <laughs> that's where yeah nessie's an alien that's where <laughs> she's from um yeah i forget if that's the moon but i feel like saturn's moon has always been up for debate of what that there li- could be life on there because it's ice but i don't know if that's the same one i know it's one of the moons though that's so like europa cool. maybe um but yeah that's that's always been up in the air and i think I think that, you know, there could be life, sure, but I don't think it's the life people think. I don't think it's going to be Loch Ness Monster or, like, the Greys or, you know, anything out of Mass Effect. I think it's going to be, like, bacteria. Yeah. Like, if anything. I think it could be fish and, like, weird, interesting, like... Maybe. It's going to be less interesting than people think, I think, though. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be, like, sentient, like, how do you do, Earthlings? Take us to your leader. Oh, God, that's your leader on the planet. Dude, it's it's going to be super advanced technological mermaids, and they're going to have cities (laughs) and everything, and they're going to be like, we've been listening to your radio for years. (laughs) We hate you. (laughs) Yeah. That almost better than Silent Show. (laughs) <laughs> god damn it we don't actually broadcast but like radio waves like that are broadcasted like those are i think hitting neptune soon like the earliest radio waves because like, it takes years to get out there so yeah th- those radio waves are out there so if aliens are out there and are advanced enough to have radio they could be listening but it's you know it's gonna be like 70 years behind what we are now wow that's wild yeah um what else is going on uh oh i'll breeze through this stuff quick uh, the Gorillas, the band, yeah, that always have like animated music videos, and I don't think they've ever performed live, like where you could see them performing in concert. They're getting like a mini series, like a little TV show, like I think a ten episode. That's show. awesome. Yeah, so I mean, their videos—if you watch their videos—I think there's some sort of chronological order, order to them, like where it kind of tells a story. Now it, they're actually just saying fucking going all the way with it and making a show. Yeah, they're so, super artistic. They're nuts. I I don't even, like, I listen to a few of their songs. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a huge fan. But I'm also not going to pretend like I understand any of those songs. I just enjoy it, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I saw someone took a Raspberry Pi and put it into an old Altoids can, uh, box and called it the uh, Minty Pi. And it plays games. Like, it looks just like a 3D. It looks just like a DS because it folds open. And it's really neat. They're playing some really cool, like, I think recent games on it. And the only downside is it's so small. Like, the screen is super tiny. So I don't think this would actually be a competitor to any of the mobile gaming consoles or systems. Just because it's so small. But it was definitely really neat to see what people can do with a Raspberry Pi. And uh, I hope more and more people can experiment with it like this. I don't know. Maybe they can make the screen bigger and it could be something. Yeah, totally. Uh, What else? Josh Brolin's playing Cable in Deadpool 2. Eh, I'm excited for Deadpool 2, but I just I wish they would just use different actors. Oh, I thought you Josh, said Josh Groban. 
group. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> See, I'd be more interested in that. There we go. I think with this, Josh, Cro- uh, Josh Brolin will now officially be in all the comic book like universes because he was in Jonah Hex, and that's DC Comics. He's in the Avengers, which is Marvel as Thanos, and he's going to be in a Fox now with uh, Deadpool. So he's going to be in all the cinematic comic universes, and I just—it's just too much. He's just. Like, even if he's a good actor, I'm sick of seeing the same face in everything. So I just, I wish they would change it. Uh, what else? Rick and Morty is getting a VR game. Oh, that's right. On a 420. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the thing that surprises me is Justin, Justin Rowland, the, like, the main creator of Rick and Morty. Like, he's all the voices. He's one of the head writers. He co-created with, uh, Dan Harmon. Uh, he has his own VR company called Squatch Tendo, but they're not doing it. So I thought that was odd that the guy behind Rick and Morty isn't making the Rick and Morty games VR game when he has a VR company. That's interesting. And it's funny, yeah. I think I saw the character model from that of Rick in like a GTA as a GTA mod and it was like really ridiculous. There's a bunch of them like there's so many of them. I'll, I don't know. I'll try to put the link in the show notes. Oh yeah, the the mods are absolutely insane with GTA. Uh that's all I got. Cool. Well, then let's play a quick game of Game or No Game. Alright, so we're going to play Game or No Game. Uh, For anyone who's new to this, it's just where I say a game and Bren has to tell me if he thinks it's real or not. Um, It's pretty fucking self-explanatory. You'd be surprised, though. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. So, that's what I mean. I feel like... Alright, so, first game we're going to start with is Virtual Guitar Tech. No. That is a no. Good. Okay. What do you think of... Def Jam Rap Star. <laughs> the Def Jam games. Uh, I'm going to say yes, just because I know they incorporate rappers. I, I, they're normally fighting games, though. Right? Yeah, no, but it is a game, and I was, like, yeah. blown away by that. I thought it was awesome. Um, all right, now, hear me out. What do you think of this? Garbage picking, field goal kicking, Philadelphia phenomenon. <laughs> Alright, you said hear me out. So that makes me want to sit Well, it's a long title, that's why I was basically... Yeah. It, it's a mouthful. But most people outside of... Well, most people in Philly associate Philly with garbage, so I'm going to go yes. Oh, it's a no! But you want to know <laughs> what it actually is? It's a film, and it's... I'll be honest, the reason I even know this is because my girlfriend brought it to my attention. It's this, like, movie that was a VHS with Tony Danza, where he's like a... <laughs> goddamn like trash man and then all of a sudden he becomes the kicker for the philadelphia eagles and i was like and i thought maybe they made a game out of the movie and they definitely did not so it is a no but uh it is a movie so and i think it's on youtube so you can check that shit out listener garbage picking field gold kicking philadelphia phenomenon starring tony danza God damn it, Tony Danza. He's not even from New York. Why is he associated with Philly? Anyway, that is just the most ridiculous thing ever. And apparently there's like this, like, uh, he does like a halftime speech or some shit. I got to watch that movie. (laughs) Can Um, anyone understand him? Good question. Um, all right. What do you think of Surfing Massacre? (laughs) Yes. It's a no. Uh, I ca- oh. I kind of wish like imagine the the sharks like popping up and you're just like you got like a bladed surfboard and you're just like yo fuck you. I can imagine that being one being like an indie like Hotline Miami sort of like it's supposed to be an indie game and it looks retroly it's all pixely and it's just super bloody and gory like over the top. Yeah, I can absolutely see that being real. All right, well then, what do you think of a game called Everything? Yes, because I actually know about this. Yeah, doesn't that look fucking good? I don't know, that game had caught my eye. I'm interested. It seems like a fucking crazy trip, but like, I, it would be one I would like to see maybe for about 20 minutes, and then I'd get bored of it really fast. I don't know. Like it, 
it looks like he plays a bunch of different things and like it's kind of weird how the llamas move around and shit or whatever's going on with that it's weird oh yeah i think like the mountain elk or whatever and they just like roll over like, forward. <laughs> yeah. they don't walk they like like a katamari sort of thing that's pretty bizarre uh, I think I, with me, I, like I said earlier, I'm jaded, so I think I would just get bored of it real quick. Like, oh man, this is nuts! And after 20 minutes, I'm like, yeah, I get it. All big stuff's small, and all st- small stuff's actually big. Like, it's nuts. All right, moving on. Like, I don't know. I, it would wear th- the novelty of it would wear thin on me early. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what do you think of a game called Birthdays: The Beginning? <laughs> oh, is it like the first birthday ever? But the beginning always makes me feel like it's a horror movie. Like, it, the beginning. And it's like how it came to Earth. Because he's a crazy spider monster. Uh, I'm going to go now. It's a game, and it looks so fucking cool, Brad. I can't even describe it. I think it's coming out for PS4 eventually. It looks so ridiculous. I only actually saw, like, a Japanese trailer for it, and it just looks like this super feel-good, like, you design this world with the most cute characters ever, like, little dinosaurs and shit, and, like, little, like, cute animals. I don't know. I want to play this shit out of Birthdays at the Beginning. It looks so fucking fun. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but uh, it's a game, so you got to look into that if you're into, like, super Uh, cutesy, like... It's so ridiculous, Brad. I can't, I really want to play the fuck out of this game. It's a sandbox simulation game with dinosaurs. Oh, it's all voxely. Like, oh, I feel like it's just Minecraft with dinosaurs. Like, I hate comparing that to everything, but when I see voxels and a sandbox building game, it's that's pretty much all Minecraft is. So yeah, but Minecraft's so blocky. Like, this looks like super adorable kind of shit. I don't know. This all looks blocky except for the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's yeah. a game. Uh, what do you think of Weird. Acrobatic Bull in a China Shop? <laughs> no. It's a game. <laughs> yeah, and have I actually I played it. Any of the, have yeah. I gotten anything besides everything right? I'm not sure. Uh, but no, that I, I think I found that one on itch.io like many months ago, and I was playing around with it. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, Jeez. What do you think of My Very Own Pony? Is that the pony game? Basta bought me a while ago. Uh, no, that's not it. Um, yeah, because there's so many pony games and they're all terrible, so it could easily be named that. <laughs> no, it's a no. I'm very glad okay. you came to that conclusion. No, like uh, there's so many like Barbie pony games and stuff. Like, I know it could easily. Be I felt that. pretty like clever. I thought that was relatively tricky because I'm like, who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of a game called Graceful Explosion Machine? I'm going to say yes, because you sound confused by it, and I don't know how you'd be confused by your own title. Uh, well, so I use a generator for some of my own shit, so like, <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> you even cheat at our games? Well, no, like, the thing is, I'll t- use some generator results and then, like, put my own spin on it and be like, yeah, that's weird as fuck. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's weird. It is. Uh, but no, yeah, Graceful Explosion Machine is a game, and it, it looks pretty interesting. I don't really remember much about it, but if I'm not mistaken, it's like a game I would be into. Well, the first thing that pops up when I said type in Graceful. Uh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think there's a game called Legacy of the Wizard? I want to say no, because it sounds too generic, but there's so many generic titles, like just like general fantasy crap uh i'll say no though it's a game i think it was early 90s kind of like old school ass retro game pretty it's funny that yeah pretty bland title but i think it's got a decent following um all right two more let's see here or actually three more because i got a funny one here 87 that's an old one oh wow i was wrong about early 90s whoops late 80s um let's see what you think of Ultimate Fox Simulator. God damn it. The simulators always get me because they're just so weird and at the same time, like, pointless and, like, everyday crap. So, like, it could actually be anything. Um, no. It's a game, and I think it's even available <gasps> on Android. So that's a thing, dude. That's so funny. Uh, I think I've honestly gotten, like, one or two I know. this entire time. And there's only two more, and I think you'll you'll figure this out. But uh, what do you I think of Hobo Olympics? 
No, but I hope it is. Yeah, me too. God damn it, it's not. I, I was I was <laughs> proud of that one. I'm like that could be something. Um, that could be an itch.io. Yeah, like easily. hurdling like a an empty like uh shopping cart or something, and then like I don't know. Um, be shopping cart races. I did that in high school. Oh hell yeah, bored uh, shit in high school. <laughs> let's see, and then last one. What do you think? Is this a game? Juggalo Strike Force. Oh god, with Juggalos, anything's pof- possible. Um. Yes. It's a no, but that's how we play <laughs> game or no game. happens uh that's the whole point of the game that's what it's supposed to be tricky in the past like there's been times where you guys just nail them all and you're like wow is it really a game but no that's that's a good one oh um, because well, like it's always your tell is always when it seems like you have trouble reading it yeah I, i'm getting better yourself you know yes yeah. that's good <laughs> but um uh, listener thanks for joining us today uh let's do some plugs where can listeners find you i don't want to find me go away i'm not telling I stream every now and then on our Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash abtsilence. Ooh, I do have something to plug. I mean, it's nothing crazy, and I don't have a lot of information on it just yet. But I did start a new video series slash podcast. Uh, It's not out yet or anything by any means. I'm still in the editing process of the first episode. But it's about music. It's basically, um, uh, there's a nearby studio that I know the owner. And he's, like, graceful enough to just be like, here, do your thing at our place. And it's, like, an amazing space. And uh, the premise is where I just interview local and aspiring musicians uh, of any genre, really. And then after we're done with the interview, we do some live performances in the studio and capture it on video. Going to release stuff on YouTube and iTunes. So something to keep your eyes and ears out for. The the, the show's called Sulia Sessions, S-U-L-I-A. So we do have a Twitter and stuff if you want to get a head start and follow us. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, look forward to that. It's very cool. We got the first episode in the bag. It's um, a, a hip-hop rap artist, uh, somebody I'm uh, like, I'm, I've known for most of my life, and he's a super talented guy, and I'm really eager to get people's feedback and I'm putting a lot of time and heart and soul into this. It's my first like effort with like video editing and stuff. And it's kind of funny because even the guys, like the day we were doing the shoot, I was like, they had all these cameras set up and like, as he's like adjusting things, I'm like, so have you done this before? Like how many bands have you like done things like this for? And he's like, this is the first time I've even using this equipment. And I'm like, this is insane. And like how it all kind of lined up. So it, it, it felt kind of magical and I'm hoping people enjoy what we create. <laughs> Uh, it's the first time you're doing it. Have you ever done it before? How many bands have you do, uh, interviewed? Uh, to answer your first question, no. To answer your preceding questions, refer to answer one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean, sure, in the final product, there might be a couple moments where, like, he bumps the camera or something. So, like, it's going to seem, like, a little bit raw. But, like, as we continue with the series, raw. I think we're going to uh, develop and blossom. But yeah, Sulia Sessions, check that shit out as it's, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to give you guys more updates on that because it's a really exciting project. Um, but yeah, listener, hey. give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. Uh, if you want to email us like I was Walrus or What's That Sound or Game or No Game suggestions, you can go to, uh, email us at almost better than silence at gmail.com. But yeah, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week. See ya. And remember, with Juggalos, anything's possible. Strike Force!